Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Audrey McClelland. She's a pioneer in the blogging world. Now, after years in the fashion industry, Audrey moved home to Rhode Island to raise her family. She's not only one of the original mommy bloggers, she built her websites and brands like an empire, creating multi-platform content and partnerships about parenting, fashion, and beauty. She's been seen on several national media outlets, including Good Morning America and The Today Show, in addition to being a morning show TV host locally for The Road Show. She's won a ton of awards and has been recognized as one of the most influential moms online. Now, after raising four boys, a daughter came along and she revealed a new talent. So she grew an audience sharing step-by-step tutorials on styling girls' hair. Now, what's amazing to me is that this mother of five, while clearly has had her hands full for a few decades, has often found ways to nurture her own passions. During the pandemic, Audrey started writing romance novels and has since written five novels and counting. Now, I followed her for years and knew she would be the perfect guest to talk to us about how you can shape and reshape your life at any age and any stage. Audrey, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I actually started to tear up when you were reading that. You know, it's it's funny, you know, you and I know you would understand this. You kind of just do your your work and you, you know, you just become focused. And sometimes you do forget to kind of step back sometimes to kind of see, wow, I've been at this for a long time. And it was, uh, it was a great opening. So thank, thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. And as I, I said to you, and I'll say to the listeners, what's wonderful for me is that 10 years ago, it's been about 10 years since I started Pretty Wellness, and all the work that I have done, you were one of those early figures in my, call it writing life, in my blogging life, in my building, you know, taking a blog to build a brand. Because for some people, it is just about getting the writing out there and they just want to share their words and their voice. But for, you know, call me an overachiever um, or it's just somebody who's wanted to build and to grow is what started out with Pretty Wellness was meant to grow. And it did, but I had people like you that I could look to for that inspiration. And so it's really come full circle. I'm super excited that you're here and for you to share a little bit about your story and some tips for people that might be feeling like, I don't know, they're, they're, they're stuck or they want more. And you've clearly done that in so many stages. So can you share with us a little bit about, you know, I shared your bio, but share your story. What was it that got you? You leave fashion, Mm -hmm. you move back home You've got a family and what made you start writing and building this empire on its own? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I've often said that when sometimes when you become an entrepreneur, you either do it because, you know, you really want to or that you've stumbled into it. And, you know, and I think it was a mix of both for me, but I also became an entrepreneur. Like I always call it a survival entrepreneur. I needed it to work. I really needed it to. And um, for me personally, 
I remember when I left New York that, you know, the, the wild west of the internet was really just starting to grow at that point. And that, and when I say that, I mean, you know, the, you know, no social media, you know, I say that to my kids sometimes and they're just fascinated. There was a time before Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, all of these things. But I do remember when I had my first son, we were living in New York city. I was pregnant with my second. I was connecting with women online pretty much to see what were the best things to buy. I had no idea. You know, even back then there weren't that many resources out there with women sharing. And I kind of just loved the mom to mom. Like, hey, what are you using? What are you, what are you loving? Um, and I just started really kind of focusing on on those kind of platforms. And really it was baby center forums. There weren't any websites or blogs really at that point. And I remember thinking, you know, this is actually pretty interesting. You know, let me kind of look into this a little bit more. It really impacted me greatly the power of women connecting when I miscarried after my second son. I was desperate to find women that were, had gone through this. Um, you know, I had seen a heartbeat and then I went for the next one and then there was no heartbeat. And I just remember being devastated, um, very lost and not sure if the people in my circle understood because a lot of my friends not only didn't have kids, were not married. So I heavily was looking for women online to connect and really to share stories with. And that's when I saw the beauty of really at that point, I think that I would just calling them web diaries. I mean, the word blogs don't even come across my, my brain until somebody had told me, oh, those are blogs. You keep calling it like a, a diary, like an online diary. And that's when I saw the power of truly what could happen when women found other women online to share their stories. So for me, that was kind of like my aha moment. When, when I thought maybe this could be a platform to turn it into a business was when I saw women not only really sharing their stories, but also sharing a little bit deeper, hey, this stroller is what I'm using. It's not a lot of money. It's worth the, you know, the bang for your buck. Um, you know, this maternity wear is great. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden I started to see slowly but surely at that time when women were sharing their stories, brands and companies starting to get a little bit of a sneak peek as to maybe they should dip their toes into the water over here. Uh, we're not talking mass amounts of money at that point, but I remember Walmart being one of the first, really, I thought at that time, mass retailers to really reach out to a group of women. They were all moms that time, I was one of them. And that was really how it all started for me in terms of really seeing, wow, this might be a way to make, to make some money. Um, I, we, you know, I didn't, I needed to make an income. I, you know, I have a, my husband works, but I also, you know, I knew that he wasn't making enough money for our family. So I've always been someone that, you know, needed to also provide. So for me, it was kind of a goal. Like, let me see how I could potentially make a, you know, a living. Or at this point, like my husband said, if you could just pay like the mortgage or if you could pay for the groceries, I started giving myself little goals and that was just tangible for me. Um, but that was really how, you know, I really kind of got into the, to the world of blogging. And you're right. We were called mommy bloggers when we started. That was the initial word that everybody kind of defined us as. Well, and it's funny because I, as I has said to you, and I'll, I'll say to everybody out there who's been following me, you know that we all evolve within time. And I didn't know as this person who was a cancer survivor and was dealing with my cancer, am I in the cancer world? Am I in the wellness world? Because what I was talking about was wellness. Mm -hmm. And it was the mommy bloggers that took me in first. <laughs> and, and I don't know if it was because I then knew, you know, you can be into wellness. You don't have to be a mom. I right. was a mom. I am a mom. Right. 
or if it was in, in the cancer community, there's so many ways that I, I obviously connect with the cancer community, but not everybody was that was, was, was a mom, right. but the mom, but the, the mommy bloggers took me in and helped gu- guide me. I mean, I don't know if you remember mommy in sports, Kristen oh, Hewitt. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So, so oh she's, isn't that fun that here's someone we actually did meet in person and we did uh, work together and do a few different things. I've been on, she's been on the podcast years ago. And so we've maintained these friendships. I'm sure with you, I remember you and Vera, I don't know if yes. you knew each other beforehand. No, we didn't. We didn't. We met through the, you know, cause you are right. I feel like the mommy blogging space when I started was so, you know, new and so exciting and so accepting of, of, right. you know, women just wanting to help women. And that is something that I've just always been passionate about. And I always kind of say, you know, let, you know, you attract what you want. And I feel like many of us at that time, especially starting out, especially 10 years ago, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't very competitive. I mean, it really was all of us helping each other. How can we help each other grow? And I still believe that everybody's voice is different. It doesn't matter if there's, you know, millions and millions of millions of people talking about the same thing. Everyone's version is going to be different. Everyone's story is going to be different, but everybody believed that when we all started. And I felt like that was the beauty of that community 10 plus years ago. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Everybody's has a different voice. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's really I think the bottom line, there are so many people that caught up. And I will say there was a time 10 years ago where I thought, oh, there's a, there's a lot of wellness. Wellness wasn't the the everyday word that it is now. Exactly. However, the, pioneer. Well, thank you. I, I don't know if I was a pioneer. I, I think it was still, it was, it was getting hot yes. then. And there were times that I would stop myself and be like, I, I need to go back to school and get these credentials and I need to do that. Uh, can you share some advice to people who get caught up in that? Whereas we all have a voice. Yeah. You know, for me, it was always just the sharing of stories and always connecting, you know, and I always have said too, I mean, you could have, um, it would always surprise me. You could have thousands of women at the same events. And many of us would go to blogging conferences or we'd go to brand events, but everybody would leave with the different telling of their experience. Everybody would leave with different photographs. Um, everybody would connect with different, you know, women, you know, you'd have, you'd see your, you know, your little like groups of women. And it was unlike high school in the sense where, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you, there, you knew, you didn't know who was the most popular. You didn't know where, you know, where, where people lived. It was, everybody came together and, you know, and really were there for the sake of, growing, learning, sharing, and really communicating whatever they wanted to share online. And I think the extra beauty is that when you open it up on the internet, it's the world, you know, it's not just where you just where you are in that moment. Of course, there's, you know, like uh, hyper local bloggers and, and all that. But back then, you know, obviously, anything you share online, it's out there. But I really have to your point, I've always believed there's room for everybody. I've always believed too that, you know, Again, to your point, everybody has their own version of a story. Everybody has their own way of saying something. And everyone's going to connect with different people. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, you know, even Veer and I um, were business partners for 12 plus years, you know, and we, we, we always kind of felt like the same person. But there were many times where I knew people connected with Vera more than me, or maybe someone connected with me more than Vera. And, and I feel like that was truly, you know, that I felt like was the beauty of what we all do is that whatever we share, we're going to connect with somebody. Um, it doesn't matter if it's one person or millions, as long as you know, whatever you're sharing is important to you and that you're putting it out there. Maybe you want to make somebody laugh. Maybe you just want to share an anecdote. Maybe you just want to connect with somebody. 
maybe you just want to share an experience. You will connect with somebody. Well, and I think the like, connection such a strong word. Mm-hmm. And to your point of you and Vera were so similar. Yes. But yet in other ways, there might have been something. And I, I can say for the, the beats that I, I cover, let's say, yeah. you know, happiness, joy, resilience, wellness, cancer. Well, there were so many, you know, knock on wood and hopefully with the medical community going in a great direction, survivors that are talking about similar things to me. But if there's somebody from Minneapolis where I grew up, they might want to hear my story because they have that connection to me. If there's somebody that went to Miami of Ohio, or there's somebody that lives on the Eastern seaboard, because I love Newport. I go to Rhode Island. I love Rhode Island. I, I've got, you know, a, a, a very abundant life here in Connecticut. There might be people that find some connection to me that would choose somebody else. And on the flip side, they may not like me because they don't like X, Y, or Z. And so I think, for anybody out, who out there who thinks it's you know, been there, done that, there's so much of this, that, or the next thing out there. And by the way, some of the stories that we told 10 years ago are being told today, yes. just in a slightly different spin. Yes. There are many of these stories have been told maybe for even thousands of years in different ways, right. but it's just our tone, our spin to it. Absolutely. And so, but the connection's so huge. It's huge. You know, and I always, because I did have the four boys so close in age, I knew that I was mostly connecting at that time when I started out with moms of boys, you know, and I also knew that, you know, I had a larger family. So I probably wasn't going to connect with maybe so much the, the, maybe the mom with an only child. And that's okay. You know, I, I felt, and, and, and maybe I did, it, it didn't matter to me. It just was, you know, I feel like too, when you do get so caught up in wondering, you know, who am I going to connect with? Is anybody going to read this? Is anybody going to care about this? It is difficult when you're starting out to like shut out that noise and just go, you know, and I know it seems like very easy advice, but you know, that's how so many of us have started. Like if we didn't hit, you know, like, you know, go live on that blog post or we, you know, go, you know, publish this post or Instagram. I don't know where it would be. At some point you just have to just let it go and just let the chips fall where they're going to fall. All right. So let's talk about the landscape today. Very different from when you started. You could just post a picture and oftentimes a nice picture, not even like a selfie, like, ah. Oh, yeah. And write a few paragraphs, several paragraphs, have links. Oh, go read the blog post. What advice would you give people today if they're wanting to follow? Let's start with the, the digital space. Yeah. Because it is so accessible. You're right. And I think today, today, the game is this, if you really want to go into this world and become an influencer, it's consistency. You know, it's almost the modern day um, reality show. And I always explain to somebody, hey, listen, if you were watching like Modern Family every Thursday night at eight o'clock and you were used to that schedule and then one Thursday just didn't air and maybe there's just a little notation saying we'll be back next week and they weren't back next week. Even though you love the show, you might tune it out because there's no consistency. Now, you know, and listen, I think this has probably changed in the last, I'd say five or six years, because I even remember when all these different social media channels really began to pop up and video and photos really began to become king. I wasn't posting every day. I remember I'd post maybe every two or three days on Instagram, uh, you know, maybe a video once a week. I feel like now, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, but you know what, like this is, I feel like the truth of it is that it is now a full-time job 
for millions of people. And if you start to separate the ones that really are the ones that are at the top of their game, you know, they are posting multiple times a day. They're sharing content multiple times on different channels. And it is a full-time job. It is like walking into maybe, a, you know, if you were a teacher, you'd have classes from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Each class you'd have to do a particular assignment for. And now the difference is big time is that people have just really stepped up. You know, you can no longer get away with just dialing it in. And I really feel like that is the game changer now, which to be honest with you, Karen, I feel like is great because it has elevated this landscape where now you really can't just dial it in. You do have to have good content. You know, maybe you're educating somebody, you're entertaining somebody, but whatever it is, you know, you have to be thoughtful. You have to be meaningful. You have to be you still at the same time. But now it really is a job. It no longer is just something that maybe, yeah, I might do it. And then hope to be super successful. Are there are there's those, you know, viral hits that that do blow up? Absolutely. But if you really want that long term, you know, this is what I want to do. I'm all in. It's consistency. Well, and to your point, it it wasn't like that years ago, but oh. it was evolving. Yeah. And and that's okay. I, I also think that the younger generation, our kids, they're so digitally savvy. A hundred percent. And so for them to create content, to use CapCut for video and to um, grab video that they can use from YouTube, it doesn't take them that long. It's, you know, call me the middle generation somewhere. It's, you know, I'm used to the TV, like where it was like, I'm using, well, at the, at the time when I was educated in broadcast journalism, it was the big machines, you know, now that's changed too. But in my head, it should almost take a little bit longer to do professional video, depending on what the audience is, what the needs are. It doesn't necessarily have to be. So I think you say that in a way, consistency, you definitely, we all need to step up our game Mm -hmm. for many of us, but there are so many tools out there, I think, to help with that. Absolutely. Right. So many shortcuts, you know, I mean, it's now it's funny, you know, you could do a, you know, I see a lot of young kids, you just hop on a, a trending TikTok sound. And that's their content for the day. And they're sharing that maybe on Instagram and YouTube. So to your point exactly, there are so many you know, ways to kind of shortcuts that we didn't have. I remember editing videos for me years ago would take me all day. I mean, I, I had just, you know, iMovie. I had no idea what I was doing. We, none of us were trained in this. So we're taking hours of footage, popping it in and just sitting here like going, oh my goodness, like, is this what we signed up for? But that was how it was back then. Right. That that was how it was back then. And, and it's funny because it was only like 10 years ago, but it's amazing to think how much has grown and changed. Right. And, you know, then again, what's, what's going to be the next thing in the next 10 years? But I want to take a little left turn because yeah. I know you started, or for this conversation, you, you, we started with your entrance into the blogging world and yes. brand building world. But you have also in the last several years kind of peaked new passions. Yeah. One of which is the TikTok channel. You have a little girl and you started doing her, doing her hair. And where did that come about and why? Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, I, I, during COVID, we just started to, you know, I think we were all cooped up so much and it was a great opportunity for me just to kind of be very present, obviously with my children. And, you know, it was funny, like one, one day, my day, we were all trying to figure out TikTok. I'll be honest with you. We were all trying to figure out TikTok. And I remember everybody was saying, we had just finished a, um, a conference. We used to, Vera and I used to do permission to hustle conferences for women. And I remember everybody said at this last one, TikTok is it, do TikTok. 
remember putting a few out there because fashion was my background. I did like outfits of the day. Um, I kind of, then I started sharing my sons. And then one night, you know, I, I don't know wh what it was, but I said to my son, you know what, can you just videotape me doing a hairstyle on Victoria? Because, you know, I, I just think it might be fun. And he, you know, he said, yeah, all right. So, I mean, if you leave a look back at the first one, it's like, he, he, he's shaking the camera. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like not even that still, but I remember I just did a super easy hairstyle on Victoria and I popped it up on TikTok. And I actually remember one of my sons, I think it was my son, Alex, an hour later, came back to me, goes, mom, you've gone up like 8,000 people in the last hour. And I'm like, get out of here. And he said, no, you have. And you know what? I feel like what, what it did show me at that moment was, is that it's never too late to try something new. It's never too late to explore a new channel. I mean, I can't tell you how many of my friends were just anti-TikTok at that time. No way, not going to do it. It's for the young kids. But if you just give it a try, you know, just, and, and I do really feel like that, you know, I've always kind of said, I have a six month rule. I'm going to give something a try for six months. If it doesn't work after six months, I'm just going to call it a dud for myself and move on. But I have to give it a fighting chance. And so that I, you know, I, I tried it and then I tried it again and again and again. And the hair seemed to really just resonate with moms and also their daughters. So that is really how that kind of took off. And to be honest with you, and I feel like, you know, parents understand this. I mean, I started when the boys were quite literally one and two, my older sons. They're at a time now where the content that I share is just no longer my content. They're teenagers. I understand they don't, they don't want to be part of the channel so much anymore. And I respect that. And so my daughter loves doing the hair videos. She asks me every day, when are we sitting down to do our hair video? It has become our connection. Just like 10 years ago, the boys would be like, hey, can you do a video of us doing a toy, a toy review? And so I just feel like it's a, it's a wonderful evolution for myself because I know my sons have, I don't want, they haven't aged out of social media. They're on it all the time, but I'm respectful of, of them and what they want shared on my channels now. And so I almost kind of feel like the baton, the baton is just being passed to their sister um, who's, who enjoys it. So that is really kind of how the hair started to really take off. That was maybe like two and a half years ago. And we still do a hairstyle every day. <laughs> we enjoy it. I, I love that because you're busy and you've got a family to lots of different roles that you, that, that one is playing as a mother and yeah. a, a worker and, and all the roles that we play. So to me, it's so precious that your daughter wants to do this. Yeah. And then you're creating content where other people can learn how to do it. I've often thought like, how does she think up how to do <laughs> a heart braid? And, and I mean, I guess it's just practice unless it was just natural born talented fingers. No, no, no. You know, it's funny because, because I, I remember when I started trying to do Victoria's hair, I'm very basic. You know, I, I can't do a French braid. I can't do really intricate styles. And I would always go on YouTube channels and I'd watch like 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I can't do this. It's, it's, it's crazy. I can't do this. And so I, when I put that hairstyle up originally, I honestly thought, I just want to do something easy like that, that anybody could do, you know, whether it be in, you know, the, the beautiful thing is, which I've really, I've loved is I've had more dads reach out to me saying either, you know, I'm alone in the morning. I'm a single parent. Um, my wife is no longer here and you've given me a gift that I never thought I, I could do. 
And that to me has been the most impactful or when women have sent, have shared stories with me and I've never shared them because I never would, but you know, um, their moms didn't do their hair or they didn't with a, with a, with a par parents who would do their hair. So therefore they never learned. And so they, you know, just kind of saying, Hey, thank you for just making them easy because a lot of us didn't grow up with, with parents who would sit and do, do my hair, but I want different for my child. And so there's so many different stories. I kind of always just imagined it would just be a frazzled mom like me in the morning. And it's hit me so much deeper on an emotional level, really seeing that this is a connection. It's not just sometimes about the hair. It's about that, you know, five minutes in the morning or in the afternoon where you're connecting with your child and you're talking or laughing about the day. And that's what, to be honest with you, really I connect with. Like I always give her a kiss at the end. We've always just done that. And that to me is that is that special bonding moment. Like I want her never to forget that. Like if she tells me next week, I never want to do this again. I don't like you doing my hair. That I'd be fine. But I want her to remember the hundreds of times we've sat together and laughed. Well, I mean, to me, this is so amazing as like tears are welling up in my eyes. Like you said, it's not just the, the amazing time you've had with each other. It's the fact that you didn't even realize that you are servicing other people and, and, and in a heartfelt way. Yes. And and that's why I think that, that we're probably both here to encourage people. If there's anything that you're interested in that you have a passion for, or you're just curious about, look into it because you don't realize the times that people you hit people in the heart when they really need it. And it may be people you know. I've had people reach out to me that I've known since childhood that I hadn't talked to in years that are like, hey, I just want you to know something you did said uh, is coming back to me is really helping me now. I've had people I don't know. And yes. I'm sure you're the same. Like you're saying they reach out. And so, you know, whoever's listening out, out there right now, if you have anything that you're interested in doing, know that, Sometimes, whether it's you're doing it to help them mm -hmm. or you're doing it to help yourself get through, as many of you know, I took a hiatus on Pretty Wellness and Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, because I just needed a little break and then I needed to take care of my health. And when I came back, the purpose that I feel, and it sounds silly, but just getting here and having these conversations, I hope somebody gets something out of this. And and coming full circle, I feel really good. Like I'm not just caring with cancer. I'm not just running um, the ship of my house and doing all the domestic things that we all need to do um, in those roles that maybe aren't so fun all the time. Like I have something that I've built that I'm working on and I feel great about that. And that's why I feel so passionate about other people doing the same. Yeah. So what would you say as you have changed different directions a few times in your life, what advice would you give to people in doing that? Yeah, you know, I, I've never been scared to pivot. I've always been really open also to what's, what's in front of me. You know, what really does, what does make, what makes me happy? You know, what brings me joy? And if that is doing hair and really, and I remember I had a lot of people saying, so you're completely changing the full direction of what you've, what you've been working on for 10, 15 years at that point. And my, my advice always to people was like, I'm not changing. I'm, I'm adding. I'm still the same person. 
you know, I'm at a, you know, we all change every month, every year, every decade, we, we become different versions of, of ourselves, we become smarter, we have, we have more wisdom, you know, and, you know, we become, I don't want to say, you know, better, but we become smarter in the choices that we make, because we know really, as, as we age, what we do want to bring into our life. And so I encourage people never to be scared, never to be worried. I mean, I, I, I'm 44, you know, in this space, I feel like that is a dinosaur at many times. You know, I definitely see these youngins coming in and, and really taking over, which is amazing, which is great. It's the way it should be. It's the evolution. But at the same time, you know what? I'm not done. I, and I'm not done. I have a lot more that I want to share and more passions that I that I love to do. And the family has always been the base for me. And so if you're out there and you're wondering, is it too late? Uh, am I too far into something? You know, is this space, this digital world even worth getting into? It seems like it's very saturated. You know, my advice always is no, no, no. Go after it. Try it. Be a part of it. You know, and if you feel like at your life right now that you, you just need to bring something else in, take, take a different direction. You know, I pivoting has been whenever I've pivoted, it's taught me the greatest lessons, whether it's been a success or whether it hasn't been. And I've been able to pick myself up again and go forward and also have a great base. You know, I have a wonderful husband who is so supportive. Um, my parents are 100 percent supportive of everything I do. And now my sons are getting old enough where, you know, they're very supportive. So as long as you, you know, if you are fearful, always surround yourself with people who aren't going to be fearful that are going to believe in you. And, you know, I have a great group of girlfriends that I always tap into. That always has been the way that I've lifted myself up on the days where I'm like, I just don't know what I'm doing here. Um, that, that for me has always been the biggest thing. The, big, the biggest lesson for me has always been to just not be afraid, but to have people around you that aren't afraid too for you. Well, and I will say that while we've spent a, a lot of this conversation talking about the digital assets you've created or how you've created brands, businesses, opportunities online, there are two things you've done that are not really online, one of which is being a novelist yeah. and the other of which is now being a co-host of a morning local TV show. Yeah. And so to your point, you don't, it doesn't just have to be, I do think that with the digital space, it's easy yeah. It's an easy entrance. Yes. And so I do recommend it for people, whether they're young and they, you know, want a job in sports, because I still get calls back from my old <laughs> years in sports. Oh, how do I do this? How do I break in? Well, there's ways, you know, start yeah. a podcast, start a, a digital channel. But there are still traditional ways that one could write a book and can you tell us, you know, take a moment and tell us a little bit about the book and the TV show. How did those happen? Because those are more traditional entities. Yeah, very much so. You know, for the books, you know, I always, um, and this kind of goes back to really not not being afraid. During COVID, you know, I, I think we all were looking for things that, that could fulfill us. You know, obviously we're all, you know, just cooped up inside. And I am obsessed with Hallmark movies. I've always been a romantic um, and, you know, kind of always in my head, written little stories down. And finally, you know, my, actually my mother had come, had brought over a box of old notebooks from high school where I had written like a teen love novel. And uh, I remember thinking, you know what, mom, this would be fun just to try. I have pockets of time. The one thing that COVID gave many of us was time. And I remember just saying with all this extra time, every day I'm going to write 
for one hour, maybe it's two hours. And then I would go pick up my daughter early from school because, you know, she couldn't, she didn't, didn't have buses in our town for COVID. And I would just sit in the parking lot and I would just be writing. And I just found pockets of time to do it. And then all of a sudden I started to see this story evolve. Then I was getting up early, like, oh my God, I, you know, where, where are these characters going to go next? And you know what, I ended up finding out that, you know, you could publish any book you want. You could have a traditional book, paperback, hardcover, and uh, e ebook, doing it right on Amazon. I didn't have to pitch a, uh, I was so worried about pitching a publisher. Oh my goodness, like, how do I do that? How do I write a query? Like, I don't know any of this stuff. Amazon has made it so easy for anybody that has a book in their head and you can publish it, self-publishing yourself. And there are so many, uh, gosh, Facebook groups and websites on advice on how to actually get it off the ground and get it moving. And um, one of my blogging friends, her name is Cecilia Mecca, and she used to be at, um, she used to do reviewers retreats. She was big in the space too when I had started. And she ended up becoming a romance writer about eight years ago. And that's what she does full time now. And again, it's always knowing, and you know, Karen, I know you're like this. It's always when you connect with, with people, regardless of where you are in your life, what stage you are, there are just good people in this world. And I remember messaging Cecilia. I'm like, okay, so I wrote this book and she said, I'm going to call you. And she walked me through every single step. And her attitude was, I'm paying it forward because somebody did this for me. And she said, and now I'm giving you this and you need to pay this forward to somebody else that might need this. And this is just the beauty of, I feel like the universe is there just gifts, angels on earth that do this. So that was kind of how the book thing happened. And then the TV thing, it was what I always wanted to do. It's what I went to college for. I wanted to go into broadcasting. And you of all people know that, you know, it is not easy to break into that space. I mean, I remember moving to New York City. I put out a ton of, you know, resumes. And I think the job paid under $15,000. But Oh, yeah. Okay. Like 13 five when yes. I, because that's what I went for school to school. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can make my way in a small town on 13 five. Yeah, no. And I, and I, my parents definitely did not have the money to pay for an apartment in New York city. It was, it was all on me. So, you know, I kind of scrapped that idea. My other passion was fashion. So that was the route I was supposed to take. That was, that was the path, but you know, I always loved the broadcasting world. And I think that's probably why video for me on my blog for years was so much fun because it was my own way of being a quote unquote broadcaster. Um, and I got to share my, what I wanted to share rather than what somebody else was telling me to share. So I did fulfill it for years. And our local TV station here uh, had always kind of had me come in and do mom segments. Uh, I've done it for 12 years for the road show. And then I would also pop in as their guest co-host and this is, I guess, another lesson in life is, you know, never burn a bridge, never give up and never also be afraid to let people know that this is something I'd love to do. And for probably a decade, I, I did that. I was like, hey, listen, if a, if a spot ever comes open, keep me on your short list. And, you know, I just was always around. And lo and behold, in December, they took me out to lunch and said, hey, listen, this opportunity has come up and we would love to see if you would like to uh, be a part of this show. And, you know, I, I, I left that meeting and I sat in my car and you would understand this with someone who was in broadcasting and I sobbed in that car. And I think I sobbed because it was a dream that I hadn't thought would never come to pass. And oh my God, I'm kind of tearing up now, but it was a dream of a 12 year old little girl who used to put on fake broadcasts in my home uh, with my dad's big VHS camera. And I used to do that all through high school. My dad still has them all. And sometimes you just never know when something, it wasn't supposed to happen in my 20s. It wasn't supposed to happen in my 30s. 
And who would have thought in my mid forties, this dream that I had from being a child, my daughter's age would come to pass someday. So um, when they offered it to me, I, I came home. I'd obviously had to discuss it with my husband because it's a shift of our routine. But again, to have that support base at home is key. And uh, he said, you know what? Go for it. See, you know, fulfill this piece that you've always wanted to do. And so that is really how the roadshow has come to be. And I've only been on it, obviously, not too long yet. But um, but I, I, I love it. It definitely feels feels like a second home. Okay. I'm so excited for you and just to, people can hear it in your voice, but I can also see it through the video that we're doing right now. I think so many of us had childhood dreams and as we get older, we get responsibilities or we, we, we take a different turn. Yeah. And so I, like you felt very similar when I would have the opportunity to go into WTNH. It was like living this childhood dream. I wanted to be Pat Miles, who was the NBC affiliate. And then she was, or I think first she was CBS and she went to NBC. She was a big name in Minneapolis on news and everybody loved Pat Miles. And I wanted to be her when I grew up and then like life happens. And by the way, I loved my career. So I'm happy it happened that way. But to your point and to everybody who's listening out there, don't give up on those dreams. Right. It's never too late. I really do believe that it's never too late. And I, and I, that, and that really, and I was hoping that my children would understand that. And I, and I think they get it, but I remember sitting them down and telling them, Hey, listen, I'm going to take this opportunity. And, um, my son actually had had to write an essay for a scholarship that he was applying for. And, uh, he sent it in and he took a screenshot of what he sent and sent it to me. And, uh, it was about never giving up. And, and he had written about his mother and I just said, you know what, you know, you never, and I just hope now this is a lesson for him. Like maybe this was the reason I was supposed to do this. So my children now will embrace that lesson. Like it doesn't matter if it doesn't happen right away. Don't give up, you know, stay, stay the course, you know, hone your craft in and, 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 you know, and just be hopefully a good person. You know, I, I really, every time I went in, I tried to do my best, whether it was doing a segment or, or guest co-hosting, um, hoping that maybe somebody would, would see me as a potential for this someday if the opportunity ever came up. But to your point, I had to pay the bills. I did love what I was doing. I didn't hate my love. I love my job. I leave that job in the morning and I come home and I do this in the afternoons, my influencer stuff and all weekends. It, it's, it's a, it's, it's double the work now, but I love it. It doesn't bother me. Well, you look and you sound so happy and I'm so grateful that we finally got a chance to connect. I'd say in person, but it's, it's in, in we'll person virtually, happen. right? We'll make it happen. We're not that far from each other, but um, I end each episode talking about gratitude because to me, it has become um, a healthy habit that's made my family focus on the good that goes on throughout the days. And by the way, sometimes we have really cruddy days. Uh, But for me to be able to close out a day or close out a few days and to be able to look back and find something good, which is why my son and I coined it the grateful game. Because, you know, for a boy at the time, he was nine years old when we started, everything had to be a competition. So we don't need to play the competition. But for those of you that are listening right now, I hope you'll take a moment with us and just think about something that you're grateful for and why that's happened in the last day or so. And listen, it can be the big and the important things. Like I'm always grateful for my health. I'm always grateful for my parents, my family. Uh, But I found that sometimes when life is really cruddy, focusing on the little things make me smile. So I'm going to toss it to you and just tell me something 
that you are grateful for and why today? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this when I was driving to work this morning. I was grateful for, I passed, it's called the Narragansett Bay right in Rhode Island as I'm on my way to work. And when I saw the sunrise this morning over the water and it's just my route to work, I, I honestly said in the car to myself, I am so grateful for this moment because I know there are people that don't live near the water. And the, the water looked like glass. It looked like a slice of heaven. It really did with the sun coming up. And I just honestly took a breath. I, I, I was like, this is what I'm grateful for, this moment. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. It, it's just a snapshot that I, I don't want to forget. So that that was what I was grateful for this morning, the, the beauty of the sunrise. Can I tell you that years ago, when we'd be forced in elementary school to go on like nature walks or, oh, let's go see a sunrise or on vacation, I'd roll my eyes and be like, why? <laughs> Now I get it. And I hope that kids today get it more than we did because the calm, you're driving to work, going into work, which you love, but sometimes people don't, to be able to look outside and to see that. There have been times where I got a hammock for my birthday and I will lay on it and I'll look at the sky and think, you know, do I wish I was in Greece on vacation? (laughs) I do. But as I'm lying looking at the sky, there are so many people that are li- that are in Greece looking at the same sky. Right. And so there is something that is really calming about nature. And I've had guests on the podcast say when they're giving healthy living tips, they'll say go outside. Mm. If you need a distraction, go outside. If you're driving to work and you're in a good mood, bad mood, look around you. So I agree. I'm so grateful for the beauty that's all around us. So Thank you so much for being here with us today. It has been so fun to finally connect with you. And for those of you that are listening, I hope that you've enjoyed this too. And that we've been able to provide you with whether it's information or inspiration so that you could find joy during whatever journey you're going through in life. So uh, thanks again. And bye for now, everyone. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.